This is Reverend Joseph Caesar, and welcome to the Good News Program. I am truly blessed and honored to be called by God to be his servant to spread the good news of salvation to you all. You have done the right thing. Don't change the channel. You are not here by chance, but by divine guidance. And hello again, this is Reverend Joseph Caesar, as the statement goes. I thank God to be back. I had a, a scare, a medical scare that really threw me into a tailspin. But I am back today, and I am happy to be back on BBS Radio. Today, today, I want to talk to you from the new you and the Holy Spirit. This book by Andrew Womack, The New You. But my topic from that book is going to be From Death to Life. From Death to Life. All people are born into this world separated from God. Psalms 51.5 Adam and Eve died spiritually when they sinned. Even though they didn't die physically right away, their spirits were separated from God and fell under the control of Satan. That goes in Genesis 3. Every person born into the earth since then, has had this inherent sin nature in them. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans 5.12 However, sin isn't imputed until you reach the age of accountability. Until you can give account of all what you do. This means you aren't held responsible for your sin until you are old enough to intentionally intentionally violates all those things that you have been put aside with. You want to violate God's law? You have to give account for all those things. In Romans chapter 7 verse 9, this age varies from person to person, but you need to be born again as soon as possible. Once you reach it, once you reach the age of accountability, you need to be born again. A natural birth brought you into this world, but a spiritual birth is required to enter God's kingdom. 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and born and be born anew? He was only see one side of the coin. One side of the coin he was seen. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Nicodemus, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that was taken from John chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. When you are born again, you pass from death to life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. At salvation, the sin nature you were born with dies and is replaced with a brand new righteous nature. You are no longer a sinner but righteous in Christ. So never again, never again God's standard of goodness is his own glory. We might have looked good compared to other sinners, but no one is holy compared to, to Jesus. According to Romans chapter 3 verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Who wants to be the best sinner who ever went to hell. We all need a savior. God declared everyone a sinner, but he loved us and wanted to redeem us. And in doing so, he could declare everyone righteous. Who has accepted Jesus by faith. Regardless of how. And we were. We instantly became righteous. Through receiving Christ. Once you became born again. Once you adapt that principle. You are good to go. That's what they call the blank check. Born again Christians know 
they don't deserve salvation based on their own merits. It's only because they put faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. All other religious religions try to approach God based on their personal holiness. What they do for him. Christians approach God based on a firm heart belief in what he did for us. Yes. All of your sins were forgiven. Past, present, and even future sins. The moment you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now eternally redeemed and have an eternal inheritance. And based upon Hebrews chapter 9 verse 10, in your spirit you became sanctified and perfected in God's sight forever to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirit of just when made perfect. Sin will never be imputed to you. Never again. Sin will never be imputed to you again. It's credited to your account. Never. Never. And the Bible is saying, choose life. Even though you are completely forgiven, it matters how you live. You have an enemy who is committed to your destruction, which is Lucifer. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Taken from the Gospel of John chapter 10 verse 10. The choices you make determine whether you experience life or death. Knowing not that to whom yield yourselves, servants to obey this servant, ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6.16 said, Yield to sin, and you are yielding to the one whose revealed purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. You sin gives the devil a foothold in your life, and he'll take full advantage of it. He will eat your lunch and pop 
the bag. One foot hole. Eat your lunch and pop the bag. If you say simply, repent, God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's already forgiven you. So don't fall for the deception. Don't fall for the deception that he doesn't love you or that you lose your salvation. It does not go like that. God, the Father, already rejected and, and judged Jesus. So you wouldn't have to be rejected and judged. Change your mind and turn from the sin. Declare Satan, I rebuke you. The blood of Jesus has set me free, even though I didn't do what was right. You cannot destroy me. God loves me and I choose to follow him. This prevents Satan from gaining entrance into your life. Don't let the devil take your advantage. Don't let it. Don't let it take advantage of you by you ignoring the way God shows you how to live. Renew your mind to this word and act in it in faith. The abundant life Jesus provided is yours to enjoy. The abundant life that God provided is for you to enjoy. Loving God, now that you are born again, what's next? God wants to establish some new patterns in your life and our life by taking the following four steps with him. You will lay a solid foundation for a growing relationship. God's love for you won't change whether you do these things or not. But your love for him will definitely be affected. You've been given the gift of a brand new life full of untold potential. That's just waiting to be developed. When settle for anything less than your divine destiny. Fall deeply in love with God. He's worth it. That's what you have to do. Fall deeply in love with God. He's really worth it. And chapter 4 says you must be baptized. Be baptized. Every born again believer would be baptized in water. This isn't in order to be saved, but rather because you have been saved. Knowing not 
that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was baptized up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we also should walk even in newness of life. You were immediately placed into the universal church upon your salvation. As a believer in Christ Jesus, you became part of his eternal body. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in all, you all. Ephesians chapter 4, 4 to 6. You became a part of every believer who has ever believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if they go to your local church or not, or if they believe exactly the same as you or not. You've been united with all the other believers in the body of Christ just by believing on God. God's words command you to be baptized in water. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation, every creature, every nation. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. In Mark 16, 15 to 16, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Numerous examples from the book of Acts show how the early church spread the gospel and obey this command on the day of Pentecost. Those who were saved were water baptized. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, Philip water baptized the Ethiopian Enoch and the new converts in Samaria. In Acts chapter 8, thus the, script, the scriptural pattern given for us to follow today is baptism of new believers by immersion in water. Therefore, being baptized as a child in, in a religious system where they sprinkle you with water is not sufficient. Also, you weren't scripturally baptized if it was done prior to your true 
conversion. In example, as an infant or young child, the Bible makes it very clear that faith in Jesus is a prerequisite to water baptism. In Acts chapter 8, verse 36 to 37, you must believe first and then be baptized. It is a sign of salvation. Although water baptism is, a, is an important first step in the Christian life, it's not required for salvation. Those who teach that water baptism is necessary to obtain your salvation are basing things on a misinterpretation of Acts chapter 2 verse 38 which says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your of sins and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Some say this proves you must repent and be baptized for the, for the remission of sins. The key to understanding this verse is the word for. For often means in order to obtain, but can also be as a result of, because of, since this verse says, you repent, which means to put your faith in the Lord, and then to prove you, or your faith in Him, as a result of being born again, because You've been born again. Since you've been born again by being water baptized, those who believe that water baptism is required for salvation also teach that you must live in a system of religions, religious works, whereby you earn salvation by personal holiness. This is contrary to what the Word of God teaches. Water baptism is a sign of salvation. I said so before. In Acts chapter 10, God told Cornelius through an angel to send for Peter in Joppa when Peter came to Caesarea and began preaching to this man's entire household, they all received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues and prophesied in, in light of this. Peter asked, Can any man forbid water? that they should not be baptized. In Acts chapter 10, verse 47. In other words, they were born again, had received the Holy Spirit, and 
then were baptized in water. In Acts chapter 10, 44 to 48, water baptism symbolized the salvation they had already received. But there comes another thing. The Holy Spirit baptism. Once you are born again and water baptized, your very next step should be to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he had said this, treated on them, breathed on them, and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. John twenty twenty two. God doesn't intend for you to live for him on your own. He wants to live through you by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. By the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son. In thee I am well pleased. You find that in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In Luke four eighteen nineteen. If the Son of God himself needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we? How much more do we? The gift of the Holy Spirit comes to all who ask in faith. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask of him, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If he then, being evil, 
Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him that asks him? Luke eleven ten to 13. Your heavenly Father knows how to give you good gifts. Ask him in faith and you'll receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit too. Both the Holy Spirit and water baptism are clearly commanded in the scriptures. The Lord will lead you into these two acts of faith and obedience. As soon as you are born again, both actions release tremendous benefits into your spiritual life. For more information, we have to continue studying the Word of God. You have to build a solid foundation. The songwriters say, if you need see God in the morning, you're going to have him through the day. Build a sure foundation. The Bible is God's word. He'll give you wisdom and guidance through it. And newborn, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby. In First Peter 2, 2, as a baby draws sustenance from its mother's breast, so a new believer in, in, is nourished by spiritual milk from the Bible. You will grow as you feed often on God's word. God's word is God-breathed. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible is, ch is charged with the very life of God and it will come alive to you as you read it through His Word. You'll get, you'll get to know this awesome loving God who has saved you, you'll grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and become thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God will speak directly to you through the Bible for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In the name of Jesus. Don't just use your head to read the book. 
come to the word with an open heart to read and to receive from God's holy word. Amen. May God richly bless you and keep you and protect you from all harm and danger. And may God bless BBS Radio and the family. I pray the Holy Spirit will continue to open doors and protect you all. In Jesus' name, may God richly bless you all. Amen and amen and amen. Jesus is Lord. Amen.